0: Good morning, siblings. Today's readings are Zechariah 8 through 14, Rabbit Trails. Chapter 8 is the most marked-up chapter in the book of Zechariah for me, so fair warning. Zechariah 8 verse 3 reads, Thus says the Lord, I have returned to Zion and will dwell in the midst of Jerusalem, and Jerusalem shall be called the faithful city and the mountain of the Lord of hosts." The Holy Mountain. As I was reading this, the phrase that stuck out to me was Jerusalem shall be called the faithful city, an entire city faithful to Yahweh. That is something that can only exist in our wildest imagination at this point in our history. And yet, as believers, I think we can and likely do imagine such a wonderful thing. But then, as we do with all the Bible, we must apply this to ourselves. Are we counted as faithful in his eyes? Remember, all the facets and burrows of the world may be going sideways, but the individual always has a choice. As we move into chapter 8, we are given images of the peace and joy that will exist in Jerusalem when the Father resides there. This particular passage warmed my heart, and I couldn't help but smile at the visual, realizing that the Father and I have similar ideals of what joyful streets would look like. Zechariah 8, verses 4-9 through reads, Thus says the Lord of hosts, Old men and old women shall again sit in the streets of Jerusalem, each with a staff in hand, because of great age. And the streets of the city shall be full of boys and girls playing in its streets. Thus says the Lord of hosts, If it is marvelous in the sight of the remnant of this people in those days, should it also be marvelous in my sight, declares the Lord of hosts. Thus says the Lord of hosts, Behold, I will save my people from the east country and from the west country. I will bring them to dwell in the midst of Jerusalem, and they shall be my people. And I will be their God in faithfulness and in righteousness. Wise elders sitting in the streets while children play before them. The Father calling this a marvelous sight as he beholds the remnant of his people. These are the faithful ones. Zechariah 8.12 really broke my heart a bit. It begins, For there shall be a sowing of peace. This pained me to read because the contrast is so great between that image and what we have now. All too often, we see the body of believers led astray, or of their own desire, sowing discord. I will then apply the assurance at the end of Zechariah 8.13 to our time as well, which reads, Fear not, but let your hands be strong. Here are the Father's instructions to that remnant. As these are not new instructions, we can take them as a reminder and directive that absolutely applies to us today. In Zechariah 8, verses 16 through 18, we read, These are the things that you shall do. Speak the truth to one another. Render in your gates judgments that are true and make for peace. Do not devise evil in your hearts against one another and love no false oath. For all these things I hate, declares the Lord. Do you ever think about what it means to speak truth to one another? Like a polished gemstone, there are many facets to that, and we have a responsibility to examine each one of them. Sharing false statements and slandering those we disagree with are very much one of the ways in which we sow discord and anger the Father. Please forgive me for these being fresh on my mind as I've just clicked over from Facebook, where I see the post of many believers in my feed. As children of the Most High, we are very much at that point where the Father is counting to a proverbial three before coming into the room and catching all of us red-handed doing exactly what we are not supposed to be doing. We see the phrase Lord of Hosts a lot. What does that mean exactly? First of all, if the Lord is in all caps, that means God's personal name originally appeared here and was removed from the text and replaced with that all caps Lord. I have a link here for an article I wrote that goes much more in depth on that. The of hosts part is sometimes translated to Lord of Armies or Lord Almighty in some Bibles. When using the term hosts or armies, it helps to think in terms of legions of angels who were at the Father's command. This is a term used to remind the reader of His majesty and power and to give us a glimpse of the level of resources available to him at the mere sound of his voice. It's similar to you meeting someone centuries ago and him introducing himself simply as George. Then... Later on, a problem occurs, and your new friend George steps up to handle it. But first, he introduces himself to the room as, I am King George Thirteenth of Great Britain, ruler of the Commonwealth and all her colonies, protector of the realm, guardian of the Eastern Hemisphere. Note, I made that title up, of course, and it bears no weight at all when compared to the father's name standing on its own in and of itself. But I think it makes my point. A clear, bold promise is found in Zechariah 10, which once more contradicts replacement theology, supersessionism, and any thought of that the church has replaced Israel. Zechariah 10, verses 6-7 through 7 reads, I will strengthen the house of Judah, and I will save the house of Joseph. I will bring them back, because I have compassion on them, and they shall be as though I had not rejected them. For I am the Lord their God, and I will answer them. Then Ephraim shall become like a mighty warrior, and their hearts shall be glad as with wine. Their children shall see it and be glad. Their hearts shall rejoice in the Lord. However, if you've been reading with us for any amount of time, you know that through our Messiah, we can absolutely see ourselves included in this passage as well. Make note of Zechariah 10, verse 12, which reads, I will make them strong in Yahweh, and they shall walk in His name, declares Yahweh. What a promise! We have a warning in Zechariah 11, verse 16, that reads, For behold, I am raising up in the land a shepherd who does not care for those being destroyed, or seek the young, or heal the maimed, or nourish the healthy but devours the flesh of the fat ones, tearing off even their hoofs. Remember, when we harden our hearts to Him, when we choose our idols or foolish shepherds instead of Him, He allows us to have our way so that we can experience the disparity of life apart from Him. Just as when Israel demanded a king in 1 Samuel 8, Sometimes Yahweh gives us the leaders or shepherds that we deserve rather than the leaders we want. Even then, the individual always has a choice. We go on in Zechariah 14 to see the requirement and full expectation of the people keeping the Feast of Booths or Sukkot, as my husband and I call it, in the future. Of course, we knew this would happen because the Father knew what forever meant when He used it to describe His appointed times at the time He established them. But let us backtrack to another key set of verses real quick. This set shows us the dividing of the flock, if you will, the lukewarm and the cold from the wholehearted and the obedient. Zechariah thirteen seven through 9 reads, Awake, O sword, against my shepherd, against the man who stands next to me, declares the Lord of hosts. Strike the shepherd, and the sheep will be scattered. I will turn my hand against the little ones. In the whole land, declares the Lord, two thirds shall be cut off and perish, and one third shall be left alive. And I will put this third into the fire, and refine them as one refines silver, and test them as gold is tested. They will call upon my name, and I will answer them. I will say, They are my people. And they will say, The Lord is my God. Whew, goodness. If you're in the Word daily, spending time seeking the Father's heart, He will inevitably take hold of you, hold you in His hand, and pass you through that precious refiner's fire. Well, He will burn off all that keeps us from living in His will for us. And as I've said before, remember, when you're passing through that refiner's fire, you're also being held in that refiner's hand. No matter how hot the flames, there is no better place to be. We have completed several books lately. Rock hazak. Test everything. Hold tight to what is good. First Thessalonians 5.21 We are saved by grace alone. Obedience is not the root of our salvation, but it is the fruit. May Yahweh bless the reading of His Word. I love y'all. Bye-bye.